Episode two. Episode two. Can't believe it's been a week already. I know. Uh, and let me tell you, what a week I've had. <laughs> <laughs> tell me about your week. Well, I don't know if this happened to anyone else, but uh, yesterday for me was the hottest spring day for 50 years. Um, it was lovely. Which, look, I am deeply... I mean, it's lovely. The weather was lovely. But I I am pretty sure we've had a March heat wave every single year for the it, past, yeah. like, 10 years. Oh, definitely. Every single year, Lad Bible has, like, an article in it and it's headlined, Britain records hottest day ever. And that happens, like... Every single year, usually around March or May, and then it's accompanied by the same picture of everyone on Bournemouth Beach, which <laughs> is uh, which is like ev- even more uh, triggering now because you know COVID, and obviously there's all the, the stuff of people not really social distancing and leaving litter and oh wow, it's um, so and, and also hey climate change, that's a thing. Climate change is 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 the reason. So. Um, yeah, we're we're starting off light today. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it the the weather has been beautiful. Uh, I I went went for a walk yesterday, and I went for a walk this afternoon. It was lovely. It I've Chloe and I have both um both decided that it seriously affects our mood. The weather, like we 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 were we were walking walking in the sun today, and it was nice and warm, and and. Chloe just said to me, like, I just don't, I think thinking about winter makes me really sad. Uh, that's, that, okay, this, this is really interesting. And, and, and may, maybe I'm uh, weird. Um, but, uh, actually, t- for the last couple of days, I think I've felt quite unproductive and quite lethargic because of the warm weather. Mm. And that's made me feel, not relaxed, but in some ways it's made me feel worse because I've been like, oh, well, instead of, you know, doing work, I've I've been sort of sat in the sun going out for walks and sort of lazing about. So I don't know. I, I kind of, I quite like it when I'm like sat at my desk doing a load of work and it's just pouring with rain outside. I that love that. That is nice. I love that. That is a nice feeling. I, do, I b- Being inside when it's like absolutely chucking it down outside is a really really nice feeling you feel you feel particularly cozy i think the exception to that is what i have been experiencing over this winter which is you're sat inside feeling extremely cold having to wrap yourself in like a blanket and a and three jumpers while while sitting at your desk trying to work because the heating isn't working properly or you the the room that you're in is not insulated sufficiently or something. Essentially, this room that the, the the room that I'm sitting in right now, which has my desk in it where I work from home, um it, it gets very cold, I've discovered. This is this know, is the first first winter I've, that we've I've we've slept left. To, slept in that yeah. room many many times. <laughs> yeah. This is this freezing. is the first we we've been in the house less than a year, so this was the first winter that we've been in the house and I discovered that um I often need like at least two jumpers to feel warm when I'm sitting here, and that, and that is that is a terrible, horrible, awful feeling. That is terrible because it's not a well, it's an old house, but it, it's it's been done up and, and, and refurbished, hasn't it? So yeah, to be, I I think uh, heat. I'm gonna say something you know controversial. That's not like you. Heat. Is a is a right, not a privilege. <laughs> everyone, <laughs> all right, Jeremy ev- Corbyn. Everyone <laughs> has the right to be hot when they want to be hot, and cold when they want to be cold. I, I, in principle, would love a world in which that could be true. However, the equator I, does exist. Well. There's, there's that climate is is a real thing, and it's not like you can say to somebody who works on who, who's working on like a a, a sea based oil platform in the North Sea. You have the right to be warm. Well, I mean, if you work <laughs> you work on a on an oil rig, all that smoke coming out, you you step out of the out of the power plant, and you, and, you know if you if you say oh, it's getting a bit stifly in here, is it? Well, that's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> 
you can't you can't walk out of a out of a coal burning factory and complain about the <laughs> complain about the heat. I think you know I, mean? I think we risk we risk diluting the definition of a human right if we include being warm uh, in the same list as you know not suffering from a genocide or wow okay well that is yeah. a, that is a human right i believe i i, I suppose it is a Yes. If if you commit genocide, then one of the one of the reasons you've done one of the many reasons you've done a bad thing in committing genocide is that you violated somebody's human rights. Um, well, I've never thought about it like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's fairly low on the li- on the but, list of priorities for which to convict someone. But at least at least during that genocide, maybe everyone had air conditioning. Yes. I would just like to point out that it's taken us less than six minutes to get from the weather <laughs> to to genocide. Genocide. <laughs> wow. Maybe 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 we we could we could we could cycle back because there's something I I feel very passionately about that that we've touched on. We talked about climate change. Yeah. And let me tell you, some of the people that I just do not have time for on this on this planet in this world in this civilization that we live in today. Some of these people, the climate change deniers, the conspiracy yeah. theorists, the there ain't no such thing as as a hole in the ozone layer because I can I can the sky is blue there ain't no holes in it, you know, the you know the, the kind of it because it makes me the, there I think there are two types of climate change conspiracy conspiracists. That's not a word. That'll I've do. just I've just abbreviated conspiracy theorist to conspiracist. I like it. I'm gonna I'm gonna run with it. Um, there are the, the 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 people for for whom having that opinion is a, a financial benefit. Mm. So the people who run all the 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 coal burning power plant companies, um, uh, you know the 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 ice cap melting, elephant hunting. You know these 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 kind of uh, you know petrol car driving people. Well, the, the managers of these companies who are like and the and the politicians whose campaigns are funded by these companies. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh goodness. Wow. Hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's and 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 they go well. Climate change is not is not and they, well, they they persuade their 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 audience their target market that climate change is being caused by other things. Or yes. they just say it's not as bad as we think. But then there are the there are the 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 your average Joe on the street who just walks around like nah nah cl- nah climate change isn't real that's just one of the that's one of the things that the the lizard people tell us that's happening to try and to try and control us and and let, let me tell that you know at, at least the people who are saying climate change doesn't exist from a, a managerial level they're doing it because they want to get rich the people the people who are just saying it f- for no reason. Like there was no, they're just they're just stupid. Yes, <laughs> they're just stupid. I, th- I think I think um, that there's there's a great uh, YouTube video of a, of a clip uh, from the Graham Norton show, which is uh, which is really top class television. Amazing, um, and it's uh, it's a clip of of David Mitchell basically ranting about like climate change deniers and and that sort of thing um hillary clinton also happens to be on the show at the time so it was i think it was quite pertinent mm. it was it was around the donald trump um alternative facts situation and he was just like we we currently live in a world where um facts and opinions are held to the same level of like importance where, and, and the example that he used was like, um, we we have all collectively agreed as a society um, that the green traffic or the red traffic light means stop, and that is an important fact that enables. Sorry, let, me, let me just let me just write that down. I write that down. My, fee, haven't fee taken theory my theory test, test yet. <laughs> um, that is an important fact that allows society to function um, in a very in a very important and fundamental way. Um, so that that is a fact. Everyone has agreed red means stop. But we currently live in a world in which somebody can turn around and say, um, well, 
in my opinion, red is like a, a, a sign that's saying, "Yeah, let's let's go for it." I think red is. I think red means go. So so I'm gonna I'm gonna interpret red to be to be go and that's that's going to be my that's going to be my fact that's going to be my alternative facts and he was like if we can't if when the human race stops being able to reliably um distinguish between things that are facts things that are opinions and things that are just absolutely not facts then society can no longer progress and i think i think climate climate change what is interesting about climate change is that um the 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 argument and i think this happens with every um with 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 every issue like this that that has um controversy it's not even controversy it's just like bigotry and and ignorance uh, associated with it is like as as the people who are wrong get further and further down the road of being wrong they will like evolve their argument and they'll they'll just accept tiny pieces of the truth but still manage to construct an argument around around other stuff so like i mean i mean well yeah just just to put in there yeah there's two there's two lights in tunnels there's a light at one end and there's a light at the other end yeah (laughs) If you if you choose a direction, one light's going to get brighter, one light's going to get dimmer. If you yeah. go down the path of the earth is flat, then the more you dig into it, the the more you're going to see that, the less you're going to see the yeah. other one. Yeah, and if you turn around, it's going to be darker and that's scary. But but the question is how did you get into the tunnel in the first place? Well, this is the fundamental question. The the is, tunnel I mean, is, of ignorance. Is there a train? Um, uh, <laughs> I don't know. But but yeah, so so with with climate change people like 10 20 years ago it was oh no, there's no evidence for climate change. All this evidence is is not uh, doesn't doesn't show that 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 climate change is real. Now we're at the stage where these pe- the same people are saying okay, well, yeah, climate change is real, but we probably shouldn't do anything about it for for all these reasons. We probably don't need to do anything about it for these reasons. So they've like they've like accepted the uh, the thing that we've been trying to convince them of, but they're still being like, nah, it's fine. Everything's fine. They're, they're, they're yeah. telling us that everything's fine for a different reason because the previous reason was discredited. Uh, yeah, and 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 what's What's bad about it is it is it's kind of uh, selfish, because in 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 a way when ding, they ding, s- ding. <laughs> when they say um, it's fine, what they mean is it's going to be fine while I'm alive. It's going to be fine for me. It's going to be fine for life. me because yeah. you know I I have a, a a resort in Scotland or in the middle of Florida. Uh, that's not in like a big city, whatever. Um, and I'm going to be dead in like, I don't know, 15 years. So for my lifetime, I I don't got to worry about nothing. Um, but then you have to, you see, it's, it seems very odd and very frustrating that you can't, the, the, the argument saying, yeah, but what about the prime minister in 50 years? who's going to have to deal with you not having done all this or like yes what about what about you know um cuz the significant statistics are now arising about actual deaths as a uh, and the cause of death being pollution yes pollution as a cause of death there was a there was a girl there was a case in london recently i, I believe um yeah. where a, a court found that based on evidence this young girl had had died in london which is a, a capital city in in a first world country. Uh, she died in London due to uh, higher levels of pollution where she lived. In London. In London. It's not even in like India where no. you can't walk around for for fog and things. Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it's to be scary. Honest, this this country's been going that way for you know. For a long time, but it's I don't, I don't I think... go into the dogs. I tell you. Well, you know, it is. Um, I, I think that there's a. Back I, I, I in think... my day, 
Oh God, that do you know? I'd, I I want to send people to prison who say that. Um, <laughs> I, I think that there is a serious issue in this country. It's almost like people in this country are brainwashed into think that this country is significantly more progressive and modern than a lot of other countries. But uh, there there are plenty of parts of India, China, uh, Singapore that are far more advanced. Yes. Sort of culturally, technologically, environmentally. You know, they are I, I, a century ahead of the UK. But everyone, you know, there are these people in the UK who, who are like, yeah, but Britain, Britain is 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 great. I love I love being British because it means I go to the to the pub <laughs> and I and I talk about being being British and that and, and, and it's like being British means that everything uh, like that, I think I've just cracked it. People like being <laughs> right. People yeah, I like, have solved the problem. People, I think people enjoy British patriotism because we are, you know, the, the Industrial Revolution kind of got started over here and then lots of the manual labour was like the most common form of work. So people like, my dad worked the, the, his his head off to, to put uh, food on the table. I'm like, brilliant. Respect to dad. Well done, mm. dad. <laughs> And effort like, is not hereditary. Uh, uh, yes, it, <laughs> <laughs> effort is not hereditary, and and people are like, I am proud that my life has been difficult. I am proud that my family's life was difficult. Seems to be the the general reason for for. I, for, I don't think I don't think people say that though. I think, no, they don't I think say people, it. They don't realise that's why they're proud. That's why I say brainwash. I think I think I think people are. Um, pe- people don't want to feel ashamed of being, you know, of 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 being born into a less privileged background. And I think, I think, I think actually that is that is really really important, and it's it's something that we have lost um, in the twenty first century, where it's it's that there is a lot of um, there is a lot of demonization, there is a lot of uh, prejudice associated with the poor, and I think um, you know, particularly in the UK, conservative governments and their attitudes towards the poor have not helped with that. Um, and then, isn't it so paradoxical that so many people from working class backgrounds are so pro conservatives? Yeah, Tory? I think it is. It is very, very interesting. Um, I know far too little about no, no, that no, 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 situation. About um, who who honest, who is the prime minister is, right now? But who is the prime minister? Some some fool. Um, yeah, it is really interesting. I think I think patriotism is a really really interesting thing because um, that there there does seem to be a growing cohort of of people, particularly our age, who who hear the word patriotism and immediately think about um, you know the the kind of person that you're describing, somebody who is. Uh, Kind of a, a a nationalist kind of essentially, um, and and by nationalist I'm I mean a nationalist in 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 the kind of political sense and not you know a Nazi um, and just to be very clear about that. Yeah, but yes. but but I do think that that um, patriotism is multifaceted and and yes there is that traditional patriotism um, that that the older generation subscribes to. In general, and that's a sweeping generalization, but but there there are there there is a large cohort of of kind of retired folk who who feel that traditional patriotism that you've been describing. But I also think that there is uh, room for a more progressive patriotism, uh, which which does celebrate which which recognizes the the flaws in our culture and in our country and in our politics and, and everything like that um but recognizes the significant progress that that has been made i was i was watching there's there's a a great youtube channel um which is the uh the oxford union and they have um guest speakers who are who are very very famous people um, you know, people like Stephen Fry and John Burko, um, and I was watching an address at the Oxford Union by Ian McKellen, um, who is the fellow who played Gandalf in Lord of the Rings, um, among other uh, 
you know, very, very and, and, famous. And no, and, one, and no one knows anything else about him. Well, no, <laughs> what I was going to say was he, he came out at the age of 49. Um, and, and you know, this part, part of this speech, he, this speech was essentially about... Um, the the point one of the points he was trying to make was there is no better place in the world to be a to be a gay person than the UK at the moment. I would um, okay, I, with, I would with a handful maybe of except I'm I'm thinking you know New Zealand might be an exception to that, um, but but being a gay person in the UK is one of the best places in the world to be a gay person right now. You can get married. Um, if if people discriminate against you, that they are breaking the law, mm-hmm. and you you are protected in that way. Um, you know you are you are a first class uh, citizen as a, as a gay person in the UK, and you you are protected against being discriminated for who you love. And I think I think that that kind of thing um, is worth celebrating in a in a patriotic way. I can I can say that I am proud to be British when I hear that that we that 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 is. Um, that is part of our set of values as, as a culture, and we have chosen yeah. to go down that road as opposed to the road that's being followed in places like Russia, which makes it against the medieval. Law to, it's just to medieval. Talk positively about gay people to under 18s in case they catch being gay or something ridiculous. It's more contagious than COVID. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, what, was mean, it, what was it? What was I going to say? I don't uh, know. Uh, no, I don't either. Um, so yes, no. So there's a difference there. So I I I, I agree with you that there are t- different types of patriotism. Mm. So I and I I agree. I can say I'm really proud and happy that my government of my country has a conservative a conservative government conservative government. So it's it's kind of like. Um, then that, that's a very positive thing because the government has recognised that there are that there is a significant want within their population. The population themselves is is progressive enough for the government to be like, actually, yeah, this is something that our people want, and that's really good. That I feel like uh, I am I am part of that that culture because I'm, I'm proud of that because it's we're giving something. Now, when when people like I say, the the typically middle aged older people, um, there's there's always that that remnant of the well, it's imperialistic patriotism basically. Being like at one point Britain ruled the world, we built all the ships. Um, <laughs> we built all the ships. Built all the ships, including the Titanic, uh, which was a famously successful one. I I did there something happened. I can't remember. I, I, I don't think there's anything there. Um. Uh, um and I think the reason that that kind of patriotism is a little bit um, repulsive to me is because you are you are basically saying I'm proud that my country oppressed the entire world mm. and like and subjected itself and its culture and its uh, wealth onto other people and 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 made lots of people de- you know dehumanize a lot of people. I do think you might be overestimating the prevalence of these kinds of views. Uh, yes, no, I, I, I probably, I probably <laughs> I am. But I, it, I don't think there are loads of people walking around being like, oh, I wish we could just Im- invade Africa again. <laughs> no, no, there are, no, Wouldn't that be great? No, there are, Do you remember the time it's when the... we had slavery and 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 the 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 people from Africa who we who we snatched from their homes and brought over here and they just did everything for us. What a what a time to be British! Wow, I don't think I don't think anybody. No, no, is thinking no. There's, that. there's no one walking around. But <laughs> however, it's the it's the seed, okay? Because at you know at the time of the British Empire, you have the families, and then the families they have children, and at some point the empire collapses, everyone leaves. Um, well, leaves. You know, everyone in, leaves. Everyone leaves. <laughs> everyone goes home. <laughs> everyone leaves the empire. Um, uh, rebels, um, and then the parents who were part of the empire, who were living living in the empire, they were saying to their kids, "Britain's the greatest country in the world. Look, we've conquered the earth." And then the kids have that all taken away from them. So the 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 first generation of non-empire kids probably have that. Oh, I can't believe we like lost all that. And so I think that's where the seed of it comes from. Mm. And and the, the the people Britain used to be a great a great global power kind of thing. Yeah. And yeah. then that that kind of 
of of feeling just kind of trickles down and gets diluted over over the generations and we don't have the same kind of kind of feeling you know like like you say there aren't people walking around going god i wish we could you know enslave the entire planet again <laughs> um but the it's it's kind of it is where it comes from i you know talk talk a lot with a history student uh and and uh, mm. she talks she talks a lot about this and she says it's not people don't yearn for the empire but the empire is is the reason why there is that uh subconscious um feeling with 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 some people from from some, certain... somehow we are inferior to our to our ancestors yeah. because we because we don't have have an empire anymore i mean i mean hey you know the the uh we we invented you know some 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 great stuff i i mean i didn't invent the car I, I think um, the the UK's role in the digital revolution is often under understated, underplayed. Yeah, the internet was invented. The here. the when I well, yes. So so modern computing was invented by by a British fella, a gay British fella, Alan yes, Turing, who Alan was Turing. who was um, despicably mistreated by um, by by this country. Everyone, yeah. Um, but has has since posthumously been pardoned and apologised to, and, and I am very. This is another thing that makes me proud to be British. Alan Turing is now the face of the new British fifty pound notes. Fifty. I mean, which probably means I am never going to know what Alan Turing's never face gonna, looks like. Never going to never going to see one of those. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think the fact that in and 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 remember that you know Alan Alan Turing's. Um, you know his his arrest and and all that sort of stuff all and his suicide all happened in the 1950s which was 70 years ago in 70 years we've gone from arresting this bloke for being gay and forcing him to take this medication that in theory would would um chemically castrate him um in seven 70 years later he's he's the the face on our currency. I think that shows the the cultural progress we've made. Um, but yeah, I mean, th- this fifty pound note is is incredible, and it has so many um, so many references to computing and, and everything. It's just a, whoever who, whoever designed this fifty pound note uh, really ha- has, uh, has 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 done something really really good and that that makes me proud to be british the fact that we yeah. can celebrate somebody like alan turing uh, on our currency um so yeah he he was the kind of in in the field of computer science he's described he's he's described as like the father of modern computing um and of course uh, made significant contributions to code breaking efforts during world war Two. um the internet was, or, or yeah, the, the internet was invented by Tim Berners, Sir Tim Berners Lee now, who is, who is a British person, and appeared at the London 2012 Olympic he opening did. ceremony. I remember this. He um, was like sat, at, he was sat at a, sat at a computer or whatever doing some well, internet yeah. stuff. Would would they not have called it? They called them Turing machines for a while, didn't they? Uh, the Turing machine is a is a theoretical concept, which right. which. Um, Alan Turing. <laughs> Alan Turing wasn't a perfect person. He was slightly egotistical, um, possibly due to some level of autism or something like that. He he was he was he, he didn't have a lot of self awareness apparently. Well, I mean, um, if I if I cracked cracked the uh, Enigma code, then I'd, yeah. I'd be pretty pretty proud of myself. So, like, as well. yeah, Im- imagine if you came up with this this theory of a um, of a machine that could solve any problem. That's essentially what it, that, that that's what a Turing machine would be. If you'd come I, up with well, that, you would you would call there it is, the Bryant machine. There is a machine that can solve any problem, and that's that's a vending machine. It's yes, <laughs> <laughs> you're quite right there. <laughs> uh, but yes, Alan Alan Turing came up with this theory of a um, a machine that could solve everything, and and um, the reason that was so interesting at the time was because uh, previously machines had been created which could solve a specific problem, and and for for example, uh, there is the uh, addition engine, which I think was created by Charles Babbage. This is this is my computer science degree now uh, coming out. Brilliant. So so this was this was a um, this was a mechanical computer that was essentially hardwired to only be able to do one thing, which was add two numbers together. Um, Very useful. So so what 
what Alan Turing theorised in the kind of first two or three decades of, of the 20th century was uh, a, a machine that could be programmed to solve any problem, which is a computer, as as we uh, what we understand to be a computer um, these days. And and he was kind of the first person to, to come up with with that idea. He also came up with, with the idea of the Turing test, uh, which is to do with uh, artificial intelligence. Um, and and the, the test is that you um, get a human being to have a conversation with um, a, a computer, but, but don't reveal to them whether they're talking to a person or, or a computer kind of thing. And the computer passes the Turing test if it can convince the human that they are speaking with another human being. And, and when when did he come up with the with the Turing this, test? This was yeah, first half of the twentieth century. That's crazy. That Alan Turing was thinking about artificial intelligence. Yeah, before we'd gone to the moon. Yeah, that's. Uh, that, I do think that there are. Uh, I mean, throughout history, there are. I mean, I mean, let's be honest. Ninety-nine point nine percent of people are uh, sort of average. They'll contribute. So I'm including like people who have PhDs and spend all their life doing research yeah. and stuff. There are there are those people. But then sometimes in history, I feel like history just decides. Do you know what? I ju- I just want to speed up the next hundred years of of progress. So I'm yeah. I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna throw Alan Turing at the planet. Uh, just right now, I'm going to throw Ramanujan. I'm going to throw you Euler, Lagrange. I, I mean, I only know mathematicians. Yes. Um, and 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 these people just will just seem advance to be... human civilization yeah. single-handedly by a hundred years, just on their own. Yeah. It's yeah, mad. It is. It is amazing. He he is a, a remarkable individual and and um did some incredible work. And and as I say, um the 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 problem with it was that a lot of the most his most important work nobody actually knew about until years after his death because it was protected by the official secrets act yeah um the, there's a there's an i'm sure you've seen it there's an amazing movie called um the, the imitation, imitation game i have seen it yeah in which benedict cumberbatch plays alan turing and it's it tells the story of how they broke enigma which was a, a kind of rudimentary early attempt at um at cryptography, which is still in use uh, today, and kind of <laughs> is is a fundamental uh, part in the the world that we live in. And if if the if the classical cryptography uh, upon which Enigma and every cryptographic machine since um, is is built upon, if that if that uh, paradigm if if that idea is solved and if we get computers that are good enough uh, and fast enough such that they can break those kind of cryptographic um, algorithms then the entire world will come crumbling down unless yeah. we find something better it, that that's that's very it's very odd uh, and almost seems a little bit uh nonsensible that well it is incredibly sensitive relatively well i mean obviously the whole point of of cryptography is that um you it it all revolves around keys basically and a a key is just a very very long uh sequence of a, a big bit of data um that you combine with the data that with the encrypted data and you do some maths with it and only by combining the key with the data in that specific way can you unlock what the actual unencrypted contents of the of the data is. And so, um, as long as as long as you have a system whereby you it, it is sufficiently hard to guess the right key, then you have a, a good enough crypto algorithm which is which is essentially the assumption that that we're making at the moment like the the encryption that protects your bank transactions the encryption that pr- that uh, protects your password from being seen by engineers at Google or, or wherever the encryption that that protects this video call that we are currently talking on mm. 
All of that relies on the fact that the key is sufficiently hard to guess that it would take a, uh, it would take somebody, you know, years if not decades to to find the correct key and decrypt and, it by, thank, by which and, time and, the data would be pointless anyway. And thank God because I'm not looking my best. I don't I don't need <laughs> I don't I don't need strangers cracking the key to this to this video yeah. call and and screenshotting this haircut. Yeah. It's, no uh, no no um no cryptography that can ever exist will ever be fundamentally unbreakable. It's just how inconvenient can you make it to break to break the code. It, it, right. So right. Here's my right. Which is which is one of the which is one of the the benefits of Enigma is that the key changed every day. So you only had twenty four hours to break the yeah. key, and then you had to start again. That was that Those, was the problem that they had. Wasn't it? I I, I can't remember if this is just uh, uh, an urban myth or whatever. But wasn't one of the key insights into when they cracked Enigma that they realised that at the end of every single communication from the Germans, they said Heil Hitler. Absolutely correct. Yeah, yeah. So, so that that essentially narrowed down the possibilities for what the what the key could be, because they could. That essentially the way that the Enigma worked is that for every letter of the alphabet, they mapped it to a to a different letter of the alphabet. So that, that, that's called a Caesar cipher, isn't it? Something something along those lines. Yeah, I oh. think it was a little bit more complicated than that. But okay. but that was okay. essentially the 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 algorithm. And and what they discovered was that. As you say, at the end of every message were the words Heil Hitler. So so immediately they knew what letter was substituted for H, yep. what letter was substituted for E. And it significantly narrowed down the the possibilities for what the combinations yeah, could be. Especially the letter E. Now, if some other man had had started World War Two who didn't have an <laughs> who didn't have an E in his name, well, I I yes. think possibly they would have won the war <laughs> because because E is the most common letter in the alphabet. Yeah, uh, and I'm assuming that it's also the most common letter in not the most common letter in the alphabet. They're all equally common in the alphabet. It's the most common letter in the in the language. Um, I'm assuming it's also the most common in German. Um, it might not be, but um, I remember uh, when I was when I was in the lower years of secondary school, I I joined the uh, the code breaking club. <laughs> And of course you do. Because did. because there are these there are these I'm, I'm sure people have heard of them that there are these challenges that get sent around schools and universities every year, and it's like a, a series of weekly challenges. And if if you solve them all, then you you get up you know get um uh also uh, you get entered into a, a sort of a, a proper competition where you could win money things like that. And okay. um it was it, they were all Caesar ciphers, and we would literally sit there in a word document. Uh, and we do like the frequency analysis on all of it, and the first thing we always did is find out what the letter E was. Yeah, and then as soon as you find out the letter E, ev- literally everything just it all just falls into place. Yeah. yeah, everything. Yeah, it was it was amazing, and and um, Turing kind of built a built a computer to solve Enigma um, at great expense to the taxpayer, as you can imagine. Um, Honestly. But uh, it's a good job it won, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the The problem was that it couldn't b- before they realised this Heil Hitler thing. It couldn't solve the thing quick. Because essentially, all, all all it could do was just try every combination until until one worked. Yeah. Um. So and and it it wasn't fast enough. Um. I think that that when I I think I remember from the film that sort of one of the the key insights was um, they they wanted to narrow down the possibilities, didn't they? So I think what one of the things that that Turing was 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 trying to do is he he was trying to work out what information would eliminate what other information or what other possibilities. Mm. And I think that that was like one of the. But yeah, I think I think you're right. So um, actually, if they hadn't realised that, then it it it, it wouldn't have it wouldn't yeah. have worked. And isn't a, a lot of um, well, modern modern cryptography it's all based on prime numbers isn't it yes I, again it, the modern cryptography is kind of outside the realms of my understanding i've i've done a i've done a little bit in my in my day job of of cryptography um it, yeah it's essentially it, it's all to do with um i have a private key you have a private key 
I use my private key and something else to generate a public key, which I share with you, and you use the public key along with your private key, and the to and it the the it, it's all it's all kind of low level maths um, underlying it. Um, does do but, these keys come with a key ring? Do I get a little? You get a little, bubble, uh, little bubble. yeah, like a little Isle of yeah. Wight key ring. I'd love that. I'd the, love that. Yeah. If cryptography could just be a little bit more stylish. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then I think I'd be into it. But uh, I, I mean, I mentioned uh, prime numbers because, of, and you also said this. This is interesting to me. You said no cryptography is unbreakable. And if 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 I if I could, I want to talk about the word or the concept of being unbreakable. Just for I'm a sure, you do. <laughs> just for a second, because here's the thing: when you make something, that well, when you make something. It has to be made of at least two different things, right? Yes. I mean, I'm talking on a on an atomic level, yes. at least on an atomic level. But I mean, like if you make, uh, if 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 you make sausage and mash, you can't just make sausage and mash out of sausage. Yes, you have to have sausages and potatoes. Sausages and 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 well, gravy really. Um, uh, <laughs> um, where am I going with this? Um, that is an I, excellent question. <laughs> um, yes. So the idea of being unbreakable. So the the and so you make it out of two separate things, and then they come together. So basic, it can't be be unbreakable because it existed in its constituent parts at some point. Do you know what I mean? I I do know what you mean. It's like if you were to um if you were to 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 butter a slice of bread there has to be a a process by which you can then separate the butter from the bread. Well uh well, there, I, I, no, that's <laughs> that's you've you've stumped me there. I think that is an irreversible <laughs> process, but I think there's a difference between uh, an irreversible process and an object being unbreakable. So, um, uh, a, a, a bit, yeah. So, what? Where I was going with this? Because <laughs> I was going somewhere. Having, 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 uh, having destroyed your premise. Let's having destroyed with my the premise. Re- my rest of the argument. <laughs> my acad- academic reputation. Um, <laughs> so, prime. This, your prime, your prime sexual numbers. charisma. It's all gone. Oh, it never existed. Um, uh, my the yeah, prime numbers is where I was going. So prime numbers are the bricks of numbers. Every single number can be uniquely expressed as a product of prime factors. And that you know, when I was a a, a, a prepubescent mathematician, um, that really fascinated me. I wanted to know all of it because everyone who like gets interested in maths, sort of on a on an extracurricular level, the first thing they always look at is prime numbers because there's some inherent mystery to prime numbers that seems mm. completely unsolvable, completely uncrackable. Like, what is the distribution of prime numbers? Everyone wants to have a go at solving that, um, and it, but it and the, I think there are two reasons for that. Recreationally, it's a it's a never ending problem. And mathematicians love to distract themselves and procrastinate. And if you can find something that never ends, it, you know that's that's you, great. You, what what yeah. you have is is a, is a mathematician who is occupied for life. Yeah, on and a, people on get a, paid for that. Yeah, people get Which paid is for astonishing. that instead of doing useful things with maths. Um, but anyway, Look, two years ago you were <laughs> one of those people. Two years ago, I was taking well for my undergraduate degree. By the end of third year, I think I was taking one applied module and the rest of them like the, the other seven were all pure modules and now i do a master's in mathematical biology <laughs> yes um so you know the the, the table you are very di- much a convert to applied I, maths. I am a convert and i love it really I, I really do um so yeah anyway prime numbers um and with crypto some I, i've never taken a, a module in cryptography ever but it's something to do with like massive massive numbers and a way to kind of crack these numbers is to to find their constituent prime numbers, um, and that's for, for enormous numbers. That is incredibly difficult. Yes, um, sufficiently uh, difficult so, such that no computer that currently exists is powerful enough to do it in a reasonable amount of time. And yes. by a reasonable amount of time, I mean within the next one hundred years. Yes. 
Um, <laughs> uh, and you know, and that's that's as long as my Facebook's going to be active. So yeah, that's 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 all fine. Now there's a there's a, a theorem in maths, a very very famous theorem called the Riemann hypothesis, um, which is very famous. There's lots of YouTube videos about it, and um, there's there's like a thousand different interpretations or equivalent statements of the Riemann hypothesis. Um, but it is incredibly closely linked with the distribution of prime numbers. Um, and basically, this this problem is one of the Clay Institute Millennium problems. So if you solve the Riemann hypothesis, you get a million dollars, which is nice. Um, but in my opinion, they're going to keep that million dollars forever because um, if you solve the Riemann hypothesis, uh, it will shed absolute light on the distribution of prime numbers. If you can prove the Riemann ah. hypothesis, you will have a formula for the nth prime number, um, which is which would be which breaks breaks every yes. cryptographic yes. system that's ever the, existed. The yes. entire world of computing would have to start again. They'd yeah. have to use something else. And I don't know. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what they'd use because mathematically, if you want to make something sort of unbreakable, irreducible, if you like, then well, that's the definite. That's the sort of the proper word you should use for prime numbers. It's irreducible, and there's there's there aren't really other mathematical objects, mm. simple mathematical objects anyway, like prime numbers. Well, the the next uh, frontier for computing and and specifically for cryptography is quantum computing. Uh, which my feeble mind is far too limited to to understand it. It's it's something the to do. Stage. It's it's something to do with you eliminate because um, currently computers are, the binaries is is what's binary. what's used binary 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 binary. Um, but I think with quantum computing, um, you actually get a continuum between one and zero. Um, yes, because. Uh, so it's, and it's something to do with the fact that that you would be able to transfer information instantaneously. So there, 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 there's not a con- in quantum computing. There's not a concept of on and off. There's the concept of on off. In yes. which you know, in absolute, you know. I I, um, I did I did um so somebody came into my uh, into my work a couple of years ago and did a short talk on quantum cryptography which for a primary um, school was not very appropriate <laughs> <laughs> amazing um and yeah one of the one of the interesting things about um so, so in quantum computing in computing a a single binary the, the 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 smallest thing that can be represented by a computer is a one or a zero and that's called a bit eight bits is a byte Etc. 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 In quantum computing, the equivalent of a bit is a qubit. Q U B I T. Um, and one of the most interesting properties, uh, most useful properties of a qubit for cryptography, is that the value of the qubit changes may change if it is observed. Mm. So if you if you um, if you read the value of a qubit, then the next time you read it, it might be different. Or, or something along those lines and yeah. and one of the one of the premises of quantum cryptography is that you share with your with the person you're communicating with the a kind of sequence of which qubits are going to change when you read them and which aren't so if, so even though you you both have the same in inverted commas key yeah to something reading act- actually two two people reading the same key can get different or something like that. It's it, like I say, my feeble mind is is far too simplistic so, so to, com- to I think comprehend. A good, I think a good analogy for that. You know, in the original Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I am very interested to know where this is going. Yes, I do know in the original Willy Willy Wonka and, and the Chocolate Factory so, movie. So, so Gene Wilder, uh, he takes he takes the children uh, with their parents consensually. The children consensually. Um, in, in into the into the factory and the first room the the well the second room they come to is that it's that black and white room and they head into it and it's all very small and then they kind of fumble about for the door and then and then Willy Wonka goes ah here's the door and then you know one of the stupid parents is like we just came through that door are you an idiot uh and then Gene Wilder's like oh uh 
pure imagination or whatever. Um, and then he opens it and it's a different place. It's, I, I think, <laughs> you, and in, in a way, the, sort of... The, the analogy inter- is helpful, but unnecessarily verbose. Okay. But I think, <laughs> I think that... I think that uh, the, just set a reminder to find out what verbose means later. Um, <laughs> uh, um, uh, I, I think the, the the physics the physics behind it this this idea that the information you read is not necessarily in binary synchronization with the with the key. Um, it comes from I think it's called the the um, the double slit experiment in physics. Yes, where you fire a beam of electrons through a double slit. And depending on whether you observe it or not, it will either refract or it won't. Yeah. So the, it will the either behavior just, yeah. of, of something changes when you when you when observe, you observe it. it. Yeah. Now, isn't that that has that absolutely boggles my mind? Because what what does the universe know about people looking at it? What does the universe know about consciousness? That there is some link between. The human eye, and the human eye is a is a is an evolutionary thing. It's not like it's it's not like a. I don't see it as like a physics thing. How how does an electron know that? What it's is not what even, is? Yeah. It's not even a human eye. If you observe it with like scientific instruments, yeah, cameras, whatever sensors, yeah. It, how what 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 is the physical? Can what is the physics that's happening there? Because it, it's not like you say. It could be instruments and sensors. So there's something so. Uh, mysterious and 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 I can't even think of the word. That it's just it absolutely boggles my mind, and this is why I didn't go into physics. Yes, because it all gets very, very, very scary because you have to start thinking in this kind of philosophical way, and and, and you know, high school physics is all very, very proper. You know, E equals M C delta theta, whatever. And I was like, there's there's my formula. But then you get to university, and you've got to be like, but we have to consider whether the electron actually exists or not. And I'm like, uh. yes. Uh, I think yeah. I think one of the one of the things that I have learned as I have gone through my life is that there were there are much fewer rules than I thought there were about how things work or how the, things should work. The there purge, are far, like, there are far too many opinions and not enough fa- facts. That's that's that's, that's we a great circle back. <laughs> yeah. Um and I think we it's a good time to circle back because we've been putting the world to rights for 52 minutes now. Uh That that was that was so elegantly done. We pre- <laughs> so elegant, <laughs> let me you. tell you. I didn't even plan it. I didn't even plan the start of the sentence had no idea no. that that's where it was going to go. Um yeah. I th- <laughs> I I I think uh we we have covered a lot this week, which it's, and it's been it very real. different to yeah. last week. And I promise, if you are one of the, if incidentally, if you're one of the fifty people who listened to episode one uh, in its first week, oh, thank uh, you so much. We're unbelievably grateful, um, and we hope that you subscribed so you can hear episode two. Um, and and it would be lovely if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, and we'd love uh, that, and share it with your friends and family. That'll people you like, people you don't like. Um, we can't, we can't, we, we have no recommendations in terms of what you tell them the podcast is about. Uh, we, we never know what the podcast is going to be about. No, we don't. Uh, we don't plan. We don't plan. We just literally, I come upstairs and we start talking. We did. This is what happens. (laughs) I I think the best, I think the best description of this podcast is two uninformed people pretending they know everything. Which is probably most broadcast media that has ever existed we're very on we're very mainstream in that regard (laughs) hashtag mainstream media okay i think i think that's the end like and subscribe please like subscribe (laughs) (laughs) bye-bye hit click the bell icon i don't this that's youtube that's youtube that's right okay the end